I don't know why I always hesitate to check it's working. Uh... Yeah, you just like see the little timeline start to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of clicked on it. I'm like, I, I forgot to unmute the um, playlist, so I have George Gad's music in my ear right now. George Gad, Runaway. Not shout out that out since we started making this MKG instead, but it's still a theme song. Um, oh, yeah. There we go. Unless I decide to do something different this week, in which case this will be a very confusing announcement. Um, but yeah. Hello. Hello, Internet. Hello. That's what we used to say. Hello, Internet. Uh, welcome to MKG Podcast, a podcast where two trans people from across the pond, um, for now, do talk about trans stuff and other stuff and left stuff. And today, all that stuff comes together because there's just too much stuff. So much stuff that I am burnt out, and so I want to talk about burnout. Um, I am Dr. Catherine Strickson, published author um, of science stuff, which I'm now too tired to do anymore and need a long break from. And oh, with no. me is YouTube streamer Sensation, Luxander. How are you doing? I'm doing so I'm doing so much <laughs> all the time. Uh, uh, I actually did have a stream recently titled "That Feel When Burnout Happens." Uh, yeah, because I I just didn't want to talk about the news, but I needed to still stream. Like I just felt obligated to still do that. So I was like, you know what? We're just gonna chill for a while. Yeah, uh, and not talk about anything serious. So yeah, I'm Alexander. I stream on YouTube and I post videos. There are usually clips from those streams. And I'm trans masculine and non-binary and I talk about the politics and the left and the lefting, the leftism. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Those videos are good and you should all watch them. And I say this as a fan and a friend. And also Ooh. because for, the, for, for some reason, I decided to get into YouTube as well this year. And I thought that I could regularly talk about, say, like politics or whatever because I'm interested mm -hmm. in that stuff. It turns out that when every day your government decides it's gonna throw new transphobic shit at you, it becomes quite hard to make yourself talk about JK Rowling for the hundredth time. So- uh, It's horrendous, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't come together. Um, um, I you gotta was... like take different levels of severity with it, you know? Like you can talk about JK Rowling and just like clown on her, right? Yeah, you know, I, I thought about it. It turns out that when I try and clown on someone, I feel like I have to do it more subtly. So when I did it like the Elon Musk video, which got like no one saw that, but I thought I had to do it because everyone was dunking on Elon Musk. And I took the time out to make like a really like nuanced argument about why he's a bad person. And then I didn't want to talk about him and apparently no one wanted to watch me talk about him. So now I'm like, if I feel like I'm struggling, maybe I shouldn't do it and maybe I should just do something else. Do something you enjoy, for sure. Yeah, take a break and do things you enjoy. Yeah, and I do think that will help with burnout in general because, um, you know, like, I don't really know how to def Is there an official definition of burnout? I feel like it's just such a colloquial term that everyone seems to know instinctively what it is. Um, but I like, mean, it's when too much stuff is going on and then you get really upset about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, especially growing up in the UK, there was always this thing about chronic stress coming up. Because obviously I grew up in like the the long '90s apostrophe um, big air quotes mm -hmm. um, from when like everyone was now a business person. There is no such thing as socialism. There is no alternative, and so everyone's capitalism forever. And so yeah, the slow growth of people admitting that they were stressed and didn't like it actually, even though we were supposed to be living in this like utopia. Um, and I feel like this has sort of come through. I think everyone, especially after the pandemic, 
has sort of had a reflection on their life and thought, what the fuck am I doing? And I feel like so many people have, like, changed the paths. Like, I was definitely, like, before the pandemic, I definitely thought, you know, I'm going to be a scientist forever. I really loved paleontology and I really loved doing all this stuff. And my dream was just get a postdoctoral position so I could get another postdoctoral position to get another postdoctoral position. And that would involve me going from country to country to country. And I think after I got turned down for, like, my 30th one earlier this year I just felt like a profound like lack of energy for it anymore like you know you bring up the advert it's like well what's even the point do I even want this as much and you have to re-examine whether you want it because you feel like you're supposed to or because you actually want to and I was wondering actually with your stuff because you did used to do a lot of um scripted videos and now you mainly do streaming I was wondering if that had anything to do with with burnout or if it was just fun funny direction I did not script my content here's what I do I just can't stop thinking about whatever is on my mind whatever it is and I think about it over and over and over again in a bunch of different words and then I sit down and I record and I like go with the strongest way that I figured out how to phrase it in my mind, which is basically like going through an editorial process, but like I I don't ever write scripts. And when I do, like I lose interest after I have a script, like for example, like I have a Bojack script that I I wanna talk about Bojack having borderline personality disorder. Uh, I actually do wanna revisit that at some point, but like I got most of the way through it and then just stopped working on it. And I'm like, it's there in the back of my mind forever but I don't know if I'll ever come back to it. Maybe, hopefully I will, but I don't know. So yeah, I didn't use the script, but what I didn't like was editing. And so I was like, I'm gonna stream um, because I like it more off the cuff. Like it's a, I don't know, just like slower, longer format. Uh, The conversational aspect is nice too, but like uh, now it turns out that I still have to edit my streams and (laughs) post them and edit out all the cussing because YouTube changed their guidelines and stuff, so. Oh my Yay. god. <laughs> See, but that's an example I think of what a lot of people are doing is that like actually getting working out which bits you like about what you're doing and which bits you don't and trying to adjust for that. Yeah. Like it's definitely I can outsource some of the editing. My editor's just been real busy recently because I'm not the only person she works with, so Yeah. Well this is the other thing as well. I feel like so many people I feel like people didn't used to have this many like side jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I swear like this used to be like when people just had a job and you got on with it. And these days like and it's like our generation in general, everyone always has like five different fucking things going on at any one time. And like, then we turn around and we wonder why we're stressed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, our jobs are stressful, our personal lives are probably stressful, like, uh, going out in public is stressful, <laughs> the po- politics are stressful, and then yeah, we're, we're supposed to light a candle and some incense and like feel better. Yeah. When do you have bath, time? Like, yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? No big deal. Yeah. I find myself doing this so often as well. Like, with because I feel like I, I started the YouTube thing this year because I really needed a creative outlet. And I feel like it's really helped me mentally with that. But also, I didn't have time anyway. And I, I still don't have time in the day. And it's kind of annoying because you want to do, like, a better job with it. But I sort of have to sort of convince myself that I can just, well... As long as I've got a full-time job doing something else, I can only do so much. Um, but that's not a compromise I ever wanted to make. And I remember when I was doing my PhD, I was doing a bunch of activism stuff. 
And there was a certain point where I had just had to leave one of the societies I was, like, basically running. Because I was like, I just do not have the time or the energy. And, like, there's something about, I think, growing up and not being taught to have boundaries with work, sort of the idea that, like, you're defined by your work, that you shouldn't... that stopping that because you're feeling like you're about to explode is bad. And I don't know if that's just me being incredibly neurodivergent and taking on too many things and then burning out immediately, or if that's a symptom of the modern society, or both. Uh, I mean, it might be a little bit of both. Like, being a little bit oversensitive to all these things. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why it is. I guess it's the sensory issues. Like, the sensory issues are a big part of it. Like, like stimulus feeling like it is a physical like painful experience um even if it isn't normally associated with being a painful experience like i think that's part of it for us neurodivergent folks um with adhd you can have sensory issues as well and like that kind of sense of overwhelm but yeah i mean i society i mean talking about like people having multiple jobs like all of these things that we do are increasingly becoming sort of contracted work as one example more people are driving for uber and things like that which has them as a contractor with no set hours no health insurance and a lot of jobs want to keep you at part-time so that they don't have to pay for your insurance no job is paying well enough so you're also probably with your multiple jobs exceeding the 40-hour work week and having to do that in order to maintain even a similar standard of living. Is the inflation insane over there as well? Like when you all go gro grocery shopping, is it as terrible over there as it is here? Cause it's awful. If you look at the charts, um, we're doing about the worst in the world right now, which is really something. Oh my God. So they, there, was yeah. some, there was some broadcasting that we're, our economy's performing worse than Russia. And for anyone that's Ooh. listening in the near future, Russia is currently under sanction by basically the entire world. And yet yeah. we're somehow performing worse economically. And for the record, this is Brexit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we knew this would happen. We've cut off all of our major exporters and importers um, for no reason. Now I have to get a visa to go to live with my partner. Um, and like, it's it, there's all this horrible shit, and it's becoming mm. incredibly hard to afford anything over here. Like, I. So I can't afford, I couldn't afford stuff at the best of times. I was barely paying rent and stuff, but there's great inflation has gone up. I can't afford my electricity bill. I can't afford all the debts I was paying before, back when I got getting paid well and this hadn't happened. So that's mm. that's gone up. And then every time you buy something in the shop, I, every time I swear I could go in and it's like 10p more each time. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely shot up. There was this whole thing that they're having like security lockers on, like a pack of cheese and shit like that. And this is the kind of thing wow. that gets you. Like, if you're working, like, 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 I'm fucking bleeding out my ears doing a lot of like science stuff that I just, after I got turned out for this postdoc and I only have this job until May, it's very hard for me to concentrate sometimes on this. So I'm working very hard on it. Um, and because I'm basically doing like two jobs at once, I'm a lab manager. And a research assistant for people who don't know what that is. It's basically I'm doing I'm doing basically like a research project slash paper for my uh, PI, which is like the head of the lab, and also doing a lot of the lab management, like ordering stuff and stuff for the for the lab, negotiating with people to get stuff set up, um, looking after and mentoring students, and 
I do this from commuting from a city that I had to live in. Because I, I, I mean, I'm happy to be living in here because I got friends here, but also like it's an hour away because I couldn't afford anywhere in the actual city where I work. Um, so I do. I work a lot from home, which you know that 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 at least I have going for me for this. But along mm. with all of this. I need something to fulfill myself emotionally, so I do the YouTube stuff and the writing um, and the podcasting and all that, um, because like I, it genuinely makes me feel good. I need fucking something in your life. Um, I live with my partner. We have a pet, all this stuff. Like You're supposed to have like, a normal life with, and yet I still can't afford anything. I can't... And it's got to the point now where I will have to leave my flat like at the end of this month, because literally at this point, like it, it was started off really tight. And you're like, well, I can make this work. But inflation's going up so quickly, and everyone's trying to clamp down so hard on it right now. I, I genuinely, at this point, um, don't know if it's even possible to live in a rented apartment in the UK without going immediately bankrupt. Like, I told one of my friends at the weekend, and I'm going on for a while about this, but I think it's important. I, one of my friends at the weekend, I was at a friend's, birth, a friend's birthday, and one of my friends was, at, was talking about, like, possibly renting. And I had to say, like, listen, like, don't. Like, don't do it. Like, if he's living with his parents. And, you know, if you can do that, it's the only way you'll ever be able to afford to live. If you save up for a house or something, even that, like, I, I don't want to advocate that. It's ridiculously expensive, but... I mean, rent now for like a normal place is like a grand a month. For for mm. what? And it's gonna keep going up. There's no controls on it. The bills are going up to like some people. It's like thousands for electricity bill. Gr- yeah. It's, it, 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 this is genuinely unsustainable. Like this is fucking French Revolution levels of shit. And like I don't understand how they can keep going with it. And it's the Tories, so they will keep going, and they will keep going, and we'll just figure out what's happening, and there'll be riots and stuff. But in the US, I don't, I, I don't know how. You have to tell me how how it is over there because I've heard it's bad. But I mean, obviously, we've got, I've heard we've got it worse, which is fun for us. Um, but surely, like, there's a whole yeah. there was the whole thing with like the Inflation Reduction Act and stuff. And I don't know if they're actually trying to get a hold of it because, like, right now the Republicans all they will want to do is like bash on trans people. So if they're not offering anything different, if no one's speaking out, no one's offering anything, it's very hard to sort of create an alternate narrative for people that are suffering. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess one of the good things about the U.S. is that it's real big. And so it's different depending on where you live. So I live in the Midwest, which means like my housing costs are not exorbitant. Um, It's just cheaper to like rent here. Uh, So... That's a little bit easier, but I would say definitely utility bills have been higher since at least over this past summer, like the electric bill was crazy last summer. Um, the Where I'm really feeling it was like food being so much more expensive. You know, the five pound bag of of Yukon potatoes that I was buying is used to be, you know, $3.99 and now it's $5.99. It's like, what? the fuck happened <laughs> like it's almost doubled in price um the eggs have been like about four dollars here I, I know in some places like uh in bigger cities they're seemingly arbitrarily 11 14 dollars for a dozen eggs which is insane so yeah it sort of it depends on where you live but yeah in those areas like california and things the uh, the rent 
increase has been pretty dramatic from what I understand. It's hasn't been, I would not say that the increases local to me have been reasonable as someone who was recently like looking for a new apartment and trying to find a place to live that I could afford. Um, but it's certainly not catastrophic if you live in the Midwest. It's like the one good thing about living here. Well, the other good thing about living here is that our houses uh, usually have heating and air conditioning throughout the whole house. So uh, we are well suited to climate change here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of these things like I feel like a lot of when, cause when people talk about the US, I think a lot of people very much focus on the idea of like, you know, the coasts have got like, the, that's where all the businesses are and all that stuff. So I keep kind of focusing on this like, sort of like twisted, like liberally idea, which is obviously like basically bollocks. But um, yeah. the idea then that like everyone in the California is super rich while everyone in rural areas is super poor, like that's not true. Like obviously rural areas are suffering a lot. Like there was this, that report about like how many rural communities, like everyone's just making drugs because it's the only way to make any money. Um, but like if you're in a city in California, if you're working at like a Duncan or something, like one of the regular service jobs that everyone relies on to be in a, a giant city, you need a lot of service jobs that pay basically nothing. Mm -hmm. And they don't need to pay basically nothing, but they do. If you're living in like LA and you're paying like rent on a place that keeps shooting up year and after year and you work in like, you know, like retail or service industry, like it's unsus like you can't, that can't continue forever because you, know, you still need these people. What are you going to do? Like, and they're clearing out the homeless camps and stuff around there. So like, even if you got turfed out your home, you're not going to be anywhere near because they're going to like bulldoze you into oblivion. I feel like I feel like yep. I'm sort of watching that um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode where they have like the camp cities, but it's just like today, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's really not a good time. Like, so interestingly, uh, I was looking up burnout earlier, and there is a World Health Organization page on burnout. However, it's specifying um, burnout as an occupational phenomenon, and this is not the only this is not the only source that I saw talking about this in that specific context. So it is typically referring to like chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed, and uh, in this context, it's characterized by uh, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Uh, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. So, I mean, alienation, basically, I guess. And then reduced professional efficacy. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that that's exclusive to our job. I mean, obviously, when I, I guess if I experience burnout from watching the politics, that is because I have turned politics into my job. It's what we talk about on stream all the time. Uh, that's my fault, <laughs> but um, but no, but you're right yeah. about that. I think because like so many people I hear, like I talk to, that like de deeply care about a lot of these issues, the same ones that we care about and we talk about, they say they just mm -hmm. can't watch the news. Like they just can't. Like there's no room for it in your life because you know if you're working all day and then you go home and you turn on the TV and it says like everything's terrible, everyone you love is gonna die. It's just not a way to live. Like, it's hard. Like, like you just can't. Yeah, you literally yeah. can't process it. And it's not these people don't care. It's just like, you only have so much capacity to cope with that much shit. Yeah, so... I, I, yeah, it's really tough to... As someone who has made it, like, the thing that I spend most of my time with, like, working on and thinking about, 
it is hard for me to feel good toward people who are not as tuned in as me. Like COVID, for example, like I am really annoyed at how many people I know who are just not wearing masks when they are going out to shops and stuff. And I'm like, I think that you are personally part of the problem in furthering a mass disabling and death event. If you are going to clubs or bars and not masking, if you're going out to eat and you're not masking, like, I mean, going out to eat, period, because you obviously you can't mask while you're eating. Like, I, I just, because people don't have the news access that I do, because I spend my time on disability Twitter and I'm learning each individual horrific thing that COVID can do to your body. There are a lot of them and a lot of them are ones that you would not necessarily expect. Um, but so these, I, I mean, these days, yeah. the, the worst part about this is that no one's talking about it anymore. So no one knows what it's like. And I don't know, I couldn't even tell you what COVID cases are like in the UK anymore because no one talks about it. It's just not on the agenda yeah. at all. And I know in the US it's like a whole different situation because you guys never had like a proper lockdown. So it's never really nope. got under control ever over there. So I understand it's probably like a whole other level of crazy, but. Yeah, it's not as bad as it has ever been, but we still are having like roughly two and a half thousand deaths per week from COVID directly right now. And, and I suspect that there have been changes to the reporting over time that have resulted in underreporting, but it's pretty steady. It's like a steady uh, 2,000 to 3,000 deaths per week. I'm just going to look up because I'm really, I was going to look at how much it is right now in the UK because I genuinely, they used to talk about this like for the first couple of months. And as soon as the government yeah. decided they didn't, they wanted it to be over, they just stopped. And it's been like a year and a half since then. Uh, yeah, Biden recently said he just like stopped thinking about the COVID pandemic. He's like, okay, so uh, 1.1 million excess, excess deaths over the past three years is like, why, why, it's just so stupid. Why don't they care about the economy? But like, I yeah, it's, it is a systemic failure because the public health communications have stopped. Um, but I do also think like, if if you think that the disease that was very seriously killing people directly by filling their lungs with fluid so they couldn't breathe. Uh, like, do you think that that would really stop being infectious and deadly and problematic in such a short span of time? For sure, like, especially because like in the US, you got you got over a million deaths at one point. Like it was actually insane. Like it was the most in the world. I think maybe Brazil took over you for a little bit, but like it got really, really bad, even per capita. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the total, the absolute total number, I believe, is about 1.1 million uh, at this time. So, and then, like, you know, of course, since we started tracking these things in early 2020 yeah. or so. I'm just looking now, the UK's current total is 178,404. Um, and the mm -hmm. daily deaths as of, well, no, that was that was from ages ago. Okay, never mind. Um, I they Are they not updated the new data? Where's my 20? Okay, they just stopped tracking. Lovely. That's why it mm. seems so low. Great. Um, <laughs> but back then they were checking it, the day, deaths per day was 72. So having uh, over uh, over 2,000 is horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty negligent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's putting it mildly. Yeah, no, it's, it's not great. And I, I, there was this whole... 
I think one of the things, and this is gonna, this is way off topic now, but wasn't one of the things that when Biden got it was the criticism of the way that Trump handled the pandemic, and then everyone just sort of forgot that that was one of the things he was talking about. Yep, just like Danny sort of forgot about the Iron Fleet. Yeah, it's just the same. <laughs> I mean, Joe Biden, at least, like you can understand him sort of forgetting because he has dementia. But <laughs> Right. But his uh, handlers, at least, should should allude to the fact that it's still a problem. But no, I mean, they just, they seem, he seems determined to, like, be an extremely useless person is kind of the impression that I'm getting. I mean, given given he was, like, literally... You remember when they picked him for the Obama campaign was because he was one of the most conservative Democrats. The idea that he was yeah. ever going to be, like, a revolutionary figure is kind of laughable. Like, the fact that he's as, he's been as liberal as he has been is fairly impressive, considering where he was at, like, ten years ago. But, like, I never right, expected yeah. him to, like... I never expected him to be, like, you know, Karl Marx or whatever. But it would have been nice if he'd actually, like you know, had the vaccination, done the vaccination program in a more, in a better way, if he'd actually, like, instituted, so, like, some kind of, like, at least made the CDC, like, take a more active role in helping people and, like, having disability benefits for those who are affected and stuff. No, no, it's the US. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna increase the spending on police and increase the spending on the military and reduce the spending on education. Um. So uh, you brought up the um, Inflation Reduction Act earlier, yeah. and I wanted to bring it back up. I mean, it's an example of Biden sucking and being ineffectual. I was going to say, I have no idea like what's doing in something. it at this point. I, <laughs> yeah, I checked, uh, and I'm just looking at the White House website when I'm looking at the, this. Basically, one of the main things that it does is it um, basically says if you have Medicare... Or Medicaid. So, like, if you have public insurance and one of them is for poor people and the other one is for old people or disabled people, mm. and so if if you are on one of those public insurances, then some of your prescription prices are going to be capped. Like, you you can't charge Medicare more than this certain amount of money or whatever. And generally, like, trying to reduce the price. Oh, I guess trying to like help people with the health insurance premiums, which they already do through. I mean, the thing is that through the marketplace, it's like, even with the help that they were supposedly gonna be able to get me, it was still gonna be two or $300 a month for health insurance. And then with like a $9,000 deductible, which means like I would have to pay $9,000 in medical fees before the insurance would start really paying for anything. So it was just like, there's no point to getting health insurance, even with the help that they allegedly provide I, I this um, is just reminding me of how angry i was when the democrats picked the only candidate that wasn't gonna do medicare for all at the end right <laughs> yeah and then of course there's a couple things like yeah there's like tax benefits like for having an electrical vehicle and other shit like that that and like some more tax benefits for people who install solar panels on their roofs so all of this is really abstract and stupid and none of it really helps as far as inflation. Because I guess th they're not allowed to do pr price controlling. Or like, I feel like they could be like, but okay, if that? you're going <laughs> to charge a whole bunch at the grocery store, we're going to take away some kind of tax benefit that you have. Yeah. But they won't do it. I was going to say, like, like they, they, they're not allowed to do price controls because they've set that rule, right? I mean, you could change that at any time, I mean, yeah. surely. I mean, I, I guess with with the way the American system works, you wouldn't be able to do that unless the Republicans are on board, and they never would be. 
but oh of course yeah but even so i mean like it's just like a political system designed to like grind to a halt in the quickest way possible like i don't know what's going on over there i only just found out about the whole coin situation and i'm fucking baffled i, I wait what about coins <laughs> the, 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 to pass the budget that joe biden has to print a one trillion dollar coin has to mint a one trillion dollar coin and deposit it into the federal reserve and that's the only way they can that get sounds, money that sounds fake is that real? I've heard that's real. Like, <laughs> please, please tell me it's not real because it sounds so I've weird. never heard about this. But the coin. The trillion dollar the coin. coin. Trillion dollar coin. I swear to God. If I, if I, um, if, if this is made up, if I've accidentally turned this into the Joe Rogan show where I just bring up, like, entirely, like, false information and just let someone else debunk it, I will, I will make an apology video. But uh, I'm Googling it right now, and it looks and it says it's real. Well, it was an idea in 2011 initially. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading an article from more recently, or I'm trying to skim. And it, so it has been brought up as recently as January 24, 2023, yeah. according to The Atlantic. But I don't... I'd have to, I'd have to look into this and see what they intend to... <laughs> Like, what do they intend to accomplish here? The fact that he's even a real idea is just making me laugh. Like, it's one of these things, you know, when you read about the ancient Rome and they talk about the sacred chickens and shit like that. And you're like, oh, what a stupid yeah. society. And then you're like, well, we can't not pay, we can't have a, get, we can't pay any money. We can't, like, advance the debt ceiling unless we print out, unless we, I keep saying print out, unless we mint, like, a trillion. I mean, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, minting, like... It's just printing more money. Yeah, it is. It's making up the money. And, like, I, it's just, it's all stupid. <laughs> but this is what I mean. The stuff, the stuff, if you think about it for more than five seconds, it becomes clear how much fucking nonsense this is. And yet we're still, like, meant to, like, play around with this system like it's normal. Like, when I get an electricity bill that costs, like, like a thousand two hundred pounds or something i'm meant to be like oh yeah that sounds right rather than how the fuck can i pay for this and i got an email today from these so the, i had some medical bills because i got um face surgery last year and i got this yeah. the uk insurance company said that they would cover my hospital fees and then after i got the thing they decided they weren't going to do that so then i owed like five grand um so i've been wow. trying to pay it off in installments but last month i completely ran out of money so i couldn't and so now they're saying, oh, they said, um, can, they, they, would, they told me, like, listen, you have to pay all this now. It's this much money, which is like some insane amount of money. And then they said, could you? And then I said, I can't afford to pay that. And they said, can you? Put, all right, we can offer you. You pay £889 a month for the next four months. And I don't know if they know anyone who has a spare £889 a month going round. But, you know... I don't. <laughs> I don't get paid that enough. That is insane. To, right, this, I don't get paid enough to pay my rent, and uh, this is this is not just me. This is happening to so many people around the country. Uh, there's stories about like um, there was um, so one of our energy companies. Um, they were get they were hiring debt collections agents to break into people's houses and install pay to pay as you go meters in their home, so that what? they would so that they would have to keep putting more money into. Um, that's the only power the electricity companies have to enforce anything is because they're able to put an energy meter on your home. They're not supposed to be able to break in to do it, but like, 
<laughs> and so once it's there, what are you going to do? Right? right, exactly. So then you have your lights to turn off, and you have to buy electricity at a premium from a corner shop. But if you buy, and I had this with my old flats, it's so much more expensive to do it through that than even it is right now. So I don't see how they think that's going to help people pay their bills. Like, it's just, it's absolutely... And I think half of this stuff is just literally just the the amount of social polit- socio-political distance between the people making the decisions and the people affected by the decisions. And this is feeling, to me, very much like this new aristocracy sort of looking down and being like, oh, well, surely they can afford that because I can afford it. And not listening to people when they say they can't. And this is going to come to a head. Like, I don't know if people realise how much, like, grocery inflation and stuff is going to mean that we can't pay. There is no extra capacity. And I don't think that this is going to go away. And I think you're going to see more and more as this happens. You know... It's one thing to be, like, overworked normally. It's another thing to be overworked and then come home and even all that work you put in, you still can't pay your bills. Like, why are you killing yourself for this? And this is one thing I've been asking myself. Why am I working myself to death for something that I won't have a job come May? I don't have a follow-up job and I can't get a follow-up job because there's just too many... There's not enough jobs and there's too many people. Um, I'm basically doing two jobs um, for less than either of them are worth. And yet I still can't afford to even live in this tiny flat. Um, I can't afford to go outside. I can't afford to have fun or have a social life. And, you know, no wonder it stresses you out. Because none of the stuff that actually helps you in the meantime is easy, is possible. Because we've made everything so gate-kept behind money that you don't have, like, a million lying around. You just can't do shit. And, like... (sighs) I'm, I'm going to have, like, I was, this is coming to a different point, but I can't afford to live in this country anymore, basically. And I'm going to mm-hmm. have to leave. Um, I was going, I mean, I would, I've made that decision based on the transphobia anyway, a few months ago. So it's not yeah. really, like, really at this point, like, it's sort of more of a, just a, you know, it, that was a good idea, the decision that I've made. But, like, it's, not everyone has that, I say luxury, it's not a luxury being driven out of your home. But not everyone has that option. And the idea that, like, someone... So someone like me, who's parent... Who grew up in a fairly middle-class household, but now can't even get, like, the most low-paying fucking jobs because, you know, I trained 10 years to do a PhD, so I'm actually overqualified for everything, but can't get anything else. Um, And it's... It's... it's, I, I shouldn't be complaining about this. Like, I am not the worst affected. But if I'm feeling like this, what are the people who have much fewer opportunities than me being able to do with this? And I, I turn around and I talk, I'm talking to my, a lot of my friends back home are more working class than me, and I just... No one is doing good. We're all fucked. And like, I can't... What are we yeah, supposed to I do? Was having a, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I was having a conversation about that with someone on Twitter, and it's like the they were kind of like annoyed at the idea that like it was some study that came out about how people who make a hundred thousand a year are also living paycheck to paycheck. Like in that sense that you're like running out of money before you get paid each time. And the person was like annoyed that this was like an analysis that didn't make a distinction between the people making a hundred K and the people making like 15 K who were like food insecure. And I was like, I think the part of the point here is that the difference between these two 
income brackets is shrinking. Like the material difference in what you can afford and how precarious your situation is. Like it's the like gap between those things is just shrinking. And then versus like the gap between, you know, all of us who are making 15K, uh, 100K, 200K, the difference between even the 200K person and like the actual multi-billionaires is just vast and getting more and more vast. So yeah, I mean, it is coming to a head. Like what, sometimes in these conversations, I wanna be like, we should be positive and like, we should talk about how we can take care of ourselves. But like, am I really gonna sit here and tell you to, to like buy a face mask and take a long bath like yeah <laughs> those things cost money and also are not going to solve your problems like they might temporarily make you feel better and i think you probably for the sake of your sanity should do stuff like that but like is that really the platitude that i'm going to offer you right now it feels really hollow right and it's not even like that it's not just the gap is so high that also like the floor is so low for what's now an afford the floor yeah. is so high for what's like now an affordable life is that a lot of people that previously were quite comfortable have like slipped through the cracks and now we're seeing a lot of people who previously defined themselves as middle class especially in the u.s where no one wants to consider themselves working class is that a lot of people that see yeah. themselves slip through the cracks and they are struggling and the, a lot of people don't know how to cope with it like they weren't raised in the household where they had to learn to be careful with this stuff and i think it's very hard to then and i think a lot of this also drives up a lot of the other problems a lot of the heat in society because i think a lot of people who grew up feeling very entitled to a certain position in society especially men then react very badly to not having the opportunities they've basically been promised and then that leads to a lot of like scapegoating and a lot of mm-hmm. like hate and a lot of resentment which can be put in wrong directions and used by the worst people like i don't think um like say this desantis stuff in florida would be going as successfully for him as, as now as it would if people weren't in a state of crisis like he's managed to make some people not the people who are actually suffering but the people who are seeing people suffering and wondering what's going on um blame like trans people and stuff for like a bunch of their problems and given that the us is like quite a diverse place i don't know how well that'll play out for him but you know that's not the only game they can play you know there's a lot of other people they can scapegoat and they have done before you know um i'm worried frankly I mean, they don't need the voters no i like, mean that's, that's the true. bad thing about it that's true i mean i've been worried like frank- in oklahoma yeah carry on sorry sorry no they, i mean it's just there's a bunch of different places where they're using executive powers and and doing stuff like not making it explicitly illegal to be trans but threatening to I mean, not threatening to, like writing bills that are going to, if they get signed, take away funding from any hospital that provides any gender affirming care, which means that if any any hospital wants to be able to work with those public insurances that we were talking about, like they would have to stop any gender affirming care, which means it's functionally not legal for any adult either, or like declaring that it's not adequate medical care and therefore shouldn't be covered by the state insurance so then, yeah, any adult on the state insurance and trans people are underemployed, so a lot of us are. Um, yeah, you just, they're finding ways to curtail our rights. And like, we are the scapegoat group by which they are, like, that the fascists are using to take power. Like, I think, I don't know if that's so much the case for you all over there. Your political situation is so, like, confusing. I mean, I guess it's different place to place here, so it can be confusing in that way, but like, yeah, 
here the the way that they exploit the process is pretty straightforward like they usually try to pass a bill first that directly makes it illegal or they shotgun like eight bills all at once and then if that doesn't work then they just you know they've slowly stacked the board of medicine with a bunch of people who donated to their platform as DeSantis did and then the you get the board of medicine to just declare that gender affirming care hasn't been proven to be effective and so you make it to where it's no longer legal to do it to kids through an executive power and it's yeah so it's weird to be that group and it's also weird to have people just not care at all about it like again i get the like people have their own shit going on and it's really difficult to pay attention to politics and everything but like they're gonna kill us <laughs> you know yeah i, I feel like the it's weird thing good. with this situation as well because it feels like at this situation and i thought after the midterms they would stop with this actually because it seems like they're not even yeah. in step with the public at this like the, they hate us a lot more than the public do whereas i feel like when a lot of the um really really horrific islamophobia that came out in the way in the wake of 9 11 a lot of it was also matched by a lot of hatred in public opinion whereas i feel like these yeah. days like people are trying to make a scapegoat to distract people from the economic problems, but no, uh, very few people are buying it. The people who are buying it are buying it wholesale and they're getting very angry about it. But like, right. if you look in this, the UK, for example, they've been really trying to stoke up this transphobia for a very long time. And it's just a bunch of columnists and the politicians that are doing it. If you look at the general population, the UK is a very pro-trans country by population. The people, the average person on the street is pro-trans, especially if they're a woman. And yet the, country, and the, the government, both parties now, uh, I've left the Labour Party now, for the record. So you clear Starmer, you can get rid of it. You, like, fuck off, honestly. Like, I can't... I used to work for this guy. Like, I used to believe it. I used to have hope for the fucking future of this country. Fuck that guy. Get in the bin. Uh, disgrace the name, Kier. Should be ashamed of himself. Um, but, like, they're trying to sell this as, like, this... <laughs> they're trying to put this on us. And it's not working, and yeah. yet they keep doing it because they don't have another play. Because they have no financial solution, they have no like reforms they want to do. They have no solutions to the problems. They just have to find someone to distract. And if they can, if they bang on about it enough, they can convince enough people to hate us. But it's not even working. Like I, I, I mean, thank God it. I, this is going to sound really bad. Thank God it is us at this time. I think, in a way, and that's going to sound like, uh, uh, let me gently explain because that sounds really fucked up for a moment, <laughs> but because if you're picking queer people, everyone, lots of, lots more people around the country will know a queer person in their family, even if they're all white. Like, yeah. so you'll, I went down to Cornwall for a wedding a few years ago, and we were saying that like, they're getting a lot better with them. Um, but they've gotten a lot, lot less homophobic down there recently because everyone knows someone who's got like a gay son or a gay brother or whatever and so everyone's yeah. a lot more okay with that whereas they're still quite racist because they never see a black person now if you go up after like muslims you can convince people in a town where there's no muslims that muslims are x y and z because they've never seen one and you can paint the whole picture and it's obviously horrible and hurtful and hateful and all that stuff but you know even in a small village chances are someone knows someone who knows someone who is gay so you're not going to get everyone with that and so i think it's just a bad target for them not that that helps when the fucking nutters come in and with a machine gun or whatever but like yeah i don't think it's going to work out for them i think the contradictions are only heightening um but it does it all it the main thing that i feel like it really does this this climate of fear 
around like you know we're a stressed out community at the best of times you know like i <laughs> i still haven't got my repeat description i've been living in this city for a year i it, when i move countries i'm gonna have to work out how to get my medication all over again i don't i'm gonna have to work out whether i can even be out publicly because i don't know the culture i don't know the things and that's just the situation i've landed myself in you know and there's a mm -hmm. lot of similar situation I mean, for a lot of people we don't know day to day how we're going to live it's very stressful just navigating the world as a trans person in general but when you have this escalating threat hanging over your head it becomes impossible to concentrate on anything like when i'm supposed to be putting it on full work day and then rishi sunak says actually we're splitting up the united kingdom because trans people want to have a little easier time changing a marker on their birth certificate i feel like i'm mm -hmm. living in fucking cloud cuckoo land like i know that's not an expression you have in america but still it's like <laughs> i just it, it's absolutely insane and all it does is make it harder and more stressful as a trans person because i don't think anyone thinks that you would split out part a country to just wrangle rack, rattle some fucking like the grr stuff the gender recognition for for form for people who don't know in the uk there's a yeah. thing called a gender recognition certificate and it exists basically because um <clears throat> they want it because because they wanted to have a, a form for people to change the gender officially um it used to be just a thing a free-for-all thing you could do until like the late the 70s 80s or something anyway um it's like a new labor reform um, him under Blair, I think. So you have this certificate, a panel of experts looks at you and decides whether you're trans, you pay them a bunch of money and it's, sh it's stupid. Um, the, I, the You need that to change your birth certificate, um, which you need for a certain, for a couple of things that for most people are of no consequence, but for some things it's important, like say getting married and stuff like that. Um, all the Scottish reform that people are making a big fucking fuss about, which is the most scrutinised piece of legislation in the history of the Scottish Parliament, it's had consultations for over a decade. When I started to transition in 2014, I was told, don't get a gender recognition certificate, because they're going to be get, getting rid of them next year. Now it's almost mm. 10 years later. Um, all it would do is mean that you don't need... To, you, can change, you can get a certificate by just asking for it and waiting six months and then confirming you still want it. That's all. Yeah. That's all. And people are acting like... People, there was an article, I think it was... I can't remember, it was the Mail or the Times today or something like the, the Telegraph. One of those rags said today like that it was a magic key to raping women in women's spaces using a magic certificate. I'm like, you've used magic twice in one sentence for one, which is just bad writing. <laughs> but also, like, it's just... how Like, you're just brazenly exaggerating like if you were gonna at least like try and lie about it you wouldn't call it magic the moment you call it magic everyone knows like what the fuck are you talking about but it's like this absolute hysteria for no reason because people are just a bit squicked out of the idea of a trans person and People forget, I mean, the people who are doing this don't forget because that's their, it's their idea, but people like, say, Keir Starmer and a lot of these people who think they're sitting on the fence about it and want to try and honour both sides of this debate, which aren't really a fair-sided debate, um, what they, they don't think about is that there are people on the other end who are sitting there and thinking, will I be able to still live in this country next year? What is going to mm. happen to me if, say, like... For example, with these bills, if I can't pay these bills and I have to go to prison because I can't pay my debts, for even though that wouldn't even be for that long, 
would they send me to a male prison? Because the stats on trans women in male prisons, and I've done a whole video about this because it terrifies me so much, uh, you will yeah. get horrifically R-worded consistently, mm-hmm. and you'll be in danger of horrific violence. And people, and these, and a lot of people who consider themselves like fence-sitting centrist liberals, they will sit, look at that and be like, if that's the cost of pleasing both sides, then fine. This isn't something women used to be happening. We've got a lot of problems right now in society. Why are we now looking at destroying the rights of a man, at like blocking a minority from having basic fucking dignity? Just dignities afforded to us, not even rights, just dignities at this point. Um, yeah. When really we should be asking, how are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to stop catastrophic climate change? How are we going to um, get through this energy crisis? How are we going to, you know, stop UK from just becoming like the backwater of Europe, which it is now? Uh, like, yeah, it super is. I can't. Like, it's. Uh, you know, I, I, for 10 years, it's felt like 1933. And I don't know how many more 1933s I can live through. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, every single time, I'm like, I gotta get the hell out of here. Like, yeah. it's just the only, it's the only thing I can think to do. But, uh, like, Canada is always just a couple years behind the US. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's been, like, Trump... I think is going to run for office again. I think the only good thing here is that I think Ron DeSantis from who's the governor of Florida, who is also a fascist. Like I think that they're both going to run and that that's a good thing because historically speaking, if there are two strong front runners in a, in in one of the two major political parties, then that is going to split the vote. And like, it makes it, it, there's like whichever guy ends up getting it, there's less confidence in that one guy than if there would in than if there had only been one candidate in the first place. Um, and there's some people who are never Trumpers now, like people who are really disappointed in him who won't vote for him again if he gets the nomination. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, I think people as well, like the big frothing at the mouth fascists would never vote for DeSantis if he stands against Trump as well. So you you kind of have to have that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I don't. I don't. It's hard know. to say. I don't know how popular he is. But I don't know if. Well, Biden, at least, I don't know who will replace him. There's a question about whether he will be alive. Like, is he going to run next time or not? Yeah. He probably will try. But the, I bet. I don't think Biden has any ideas of how to get out of this current situation. Um, I don't. I haven't seen anyone put themselves forward apart from, like, maybe Bernie, who would try. And I don't think that they... I, I mean, it'd be the third time I don't think they're ever going to let Bernie in. Like they'll never, they'll never I don't do. think that he's going to run again. I would be surprised if he did. I would be very surprised if he did. I mean, God bless him. But <laughs> he's just old, and like I get it. He's probably like tired of this shit at this point. You know, he's effective as a senator. Like, if he gives up his Senate seat, how does he know that that seat is going to get filled by someone who has his same views? Like, maybe he thinks that he is um like a stalwart shield in the Senate from like his seat being potentially taken from like and put and given to someone who's even less left wing than he is. Yeah. I mean, I think he knows that he wouldn't get in maybe. I feel like one of the things that that, both, San- yeah. that Sanders does quite well is push the debate further left. Um so yeah. I mean at least if he's standing uh, then we have a chance of at least some mild fucking thing to help being getting put in. 
Like, that was the one, the one thing I will give Joe Biden, is that he was willing to at least talk to Bernie Sanders, which is the lowest bar. But, like, I guess he saw himself as, like, such, like, a people person. He really wanted to be the guy that united everyone. Yeah. I, I don't see the solution here. And, like, you know, going back to the sort of occupational stuff, and I feel like this is what a lot of it comes down to, you know, when I went to get therapy, when I was doing my PhD, and I, like, having, like, a lot of horrible issues, uh, mm. there was a whole course that wasn't for the depression anxiety course, which, like, a one. There was just a stress one. And it was a whole mental health side that the NHS put you on. You'd have, like, st- stress counselling sessions, and they'd be full of people. And discussing how horrifically stressed they are at all times. And I feel like <coughs> this has been true for a very, very long time. But we've just got comfortable talking about it and not thinking it's just us. Because I don't think it is just, you know, people who make YouTube videos, obviously. But, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so many people are chronically stressed. And we've. Just, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just me. Or, like, oh, that's just how life has to be. But, I, I, you know, I'm fucking tired of putting up with, like, that's how life has to be. It doesn't have to be like that. Who says? Who mm. says it has to be like that? And, like, I've got to the point where now, like, I, I, I just... I've run out of the, of the fucking... Like, the... You know, I mean, part of it's coming out as trans and all this stuff and be seeing how, this, how you get treated and stuff like that. But, like, I don't... I don't have to give the current system the benefit of the doubt. If it can't prove to me that it should be working this way, I'm going to be skeptical of it. Um, if you mm-hmm. know, I don't think we have to be burned out. I, you know, you, you see the amount of like bullshit work and all these jobs you don't need to do. Why do you need to be working fifth, like eighty hours a week filling in a spreadsheet for some guy? Like you don't, like you demonstrably don't. So why are we all acting like that's fine? Um, and I guess these days we're not, and that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah, like, why is the AI being generated for the purposes of stealing art and creation from people rather than, like, we're teaching the AI how to write all these boring fucking emails (laughs) (laughs) that normally people would have to sit in an office and do for six hours a day and then pretend to look at their computer for the... Well, realistically, more like three hours a day and then stare at their computer for the other five. Yeah, well, this is the other thing. Like, I don't know if you've read um, Bullshit Jobs by David Graeber. But he goes into this quite a lot. No, but I watched Philosophy Tube's video. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really really worth the read. But there's this like there's this like job inflation that happens with executives where they will make more jobs to make themselves seem more important. And there are a lot of yeah. Jobs... The more people you have under you, the better. Yeah. So there'll be jobs that just created to inflate someone's sense of ego, and you'll sit there like all day, and you will have basically nothing to do. And it's like, well, why are we making people sit in an office for twelve hours a day when they literally no no reason to be there? So we decided as a society that to afford to live, you need to work doing something. But if the work doesn't need to be done, can't you go home and like draw a nice picture? Like, <laughs> what? Everyone, yeah. Lots of people are very like a lot of how many artists did not get to make a star because they were sit made to sit and write in Excel five hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, uh. right. And then you see those like weirdo uh, Twitter accounts with like a uh, a. Uh, marble statue as their profile picture bemoaning why art isn't like how it used to be in the classical period and it's like (laughs) why don't you pay an artist like to like give him a place to live on your land and pay him for three years to work on nothing but one single painting so So, like because we used to actually care about art is why get me get me a patron right 
Like, like I, a I, fucking men. Yeah, Patreons. Patreon is all good, but like, if I can have like a Roman patrician bring me into his little household and I sit on like a beanbag and just make things for him all day, and like uh, at the end of the day, he's like, um, Katarinas. What have you? When we Katarina, sorry, Katarina. What have you found got for mm-hmm. me? And I was like, Well, Maximus, I made you this pretty little picture. And he was like, Dope. Um, yeah. Here's five thousand gold. I'd be like, Yes, good. Now go entertain yeah. my concubines. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be we could be living the dream, <laughs> but no. Be... Oh my god! I just <laughs> wow. But I, I think I do think. Like there's 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 something to be said, especially like with this whole like I feel like you brought up the, like the sort of like AI, AI stuff. I feel like a lot of is to be said about this instinct. A lot of people have to be creative, and they feel like they don't have the time to put in. Like if we had yeah. less on, especially less stuff we don't need to do. Like some things need to be done, obviously. Like people need to eat food, people need to clean up. Um, certain work needs to be done to keep society functioning. Fine, but not all of it does. And if we actually kept it to the minimum that we need to. People could spend more time on creative stuff, and the guys that think that they need to like type in like big boobies, great boobies, giant boobies into fucking AI things to make art, yeah. they could draw their own tits. You know, like imagine the the peace the world would be in if Elon Musk was just sitting at home drawing titties instead of running Twitter. Like we need the, the fucking paradise we could be living in if people could just like actually like live to their needs rather than being restricted for no fucking reason to something else (sighs) yeah i mean i even have more time than i would have when i was like working for someone else for 40 hours a week like now that now that i'm a full-time content creator like i do technically have i mean also because i my job involves like sitting a bit so i have more energy also i would say but i also am just like constantly stressed out and you can have like less time and attention and brain power just because there's a lot going on mentally. Um, Which is why I think it's interesting seeing that burnout is defined primarily by its relation to occupation, but like the world is also really just a lot all the time, you know? Yeah, so I, I think it's natural for people to just be like overloaded and super tired and not knowing what to do. So like, yeah. And, you know, even making art is work to a certain extent. It's like, oh, what am I going to do? Am I just going to whip out the colored pencils and just do something? Like, what am I going to draw? Or am I going to actually try to plan and make a specific thing that's like multi-step process? That Oh, I'll draft this painting by using a pencil first and then start to work on the actual painting part. You know, because that is also work. This is it's more work to do I, still. Yeah, I have a feeling this is like also part of the issue. <laughs> it's not having like the flexibility to really work around that. So like some days you just won't be able to do it. And some yeah. days you're just not up for stuff. And that's just not an option. Like you have to be on all the time, mm-hmm. every day. Sometimes you wake yeah. up and you're not necessarily sick, but your brain just isn't fucking working. It's winter. Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to be productive like this. And, you know, you know, I want to expand on that just slightly because it's winter for us up here in the north. And it's equally common in places closer to the equator that summertime is their do nothing time of the year because it's so goddamn hot. So, like, we have dormancy periods based on our local weather systems. And there are natural periods where, like, it 
just is like you you're slowing down your body's like nope we don't want to do things and yet we keep having to push ourselves through and still try to give 100 percent every day and meanwhile the day is only like six hours long or whatever right you wake up before you wake up and go to work before the sun comes up and you come back from work when the sun's down you don't see a moment sunlight like a fucking you wouldn't tell a hibernating bear that they need to get up and do work every day. I tell you to fuck off. It, yeah. Like, eat your face. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes I feel like people, I feel like there's just been a big thing, especially since the Industrial Revolution. This is going to be like, me going off my soapbox a little bit, but like, the mm-hmm. idea, this, uh, this, uh, this kind of detachment of the idea of people as animals, the idea that we can just do, be sort of as robots. And that we should be able to perform. That we can just override our bodies because our force of will is so strong and powerful. Exactly. Like, we're these unique beings that have, like, this whole thing about, like, humans having divine essence or whatever the fuck, which is obviously yeah. bollocks. But, like, this idea that, like, we can just, like, yes, we are humans, we have mastery all over all this, like, we work all, we can work all day and we'll be fine. Like, no, we're quick. Sometimes you get a little fucking sleepy. Sometimes you wake up and you have a cold and you can't go to work. Sometimes you just don't fucking feel like it. And we shouldn't be, like, mm-hmm. acting like we're, like, we're not com- computers computers are designed by us to do work like we are not and even if and like sometimes they don't fucking work sometimes they crash sometimes they get a virus but like we are not designed to do that and we shouldn't be expecting ourselves to be like a cog in some clockwork sometimes you just need a bit of a fucking rest and like that should be okay and we don't we haven't lived in this society for a very long time where you can where rest isn't seen as like something to be ashamed of, really. I mean, a lot of people our generation mm-hmm. would see it as like more liberally, like more like yes, you deserve that. But we all know that the, as a system, and a lot of our bosses, most of our bosses, I would hesitate to say, um, do not see time off as anything but sort of like a bad necessity that has to happen for you to come back to the office. Like yeah. your commute back, you should be working. Um, in your time off, you should be thinking about work. When as soon as you wake up, you should still answer emails. You know, while you're on vacation. Exactly. I mean, like, I got like, well, I went to Croatia for a month um, earlier, the, earlier, earlier this year, uh, last year. Yeah, and, last year. Uh, this thing that been like planned for ages. Um, and the mo- I flew into Zagreb, and it was like I was in Zagreb at like two, at, like midnight, the day after I'd gone on holiday. And I was getting messages from my boss asking if I could do some quick tasks for her. And it's like, she's one of the nicest bosses I've ever had, but still it's just this thing, like, it's the relationship you have between these people mm-hmm. where you're expected to sort of always be on call, always be ready to work, no matter what time, no matter where you are, no matter what time of day. And I don't think we should be encouraging that as a society. I think we should be, there should be a point where we should be like, once... I'm out of the room, or once it hits this certain time, this is my time. They call it free time for a reason, but that implies a different kind of time. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, even with that, we should be able to put boundaries on ourselves within the work time as well. Like, we shouldn't have to be ruled over by this. And I'm just going to, just going to, leaning now, just convincing myself into, like, just anarchist talk. I don't think we should have bosses. (laughs) <laughs> that's just I mean, that's hot take at the end. I don't think we should have bosses. I mean, um, if you need a manager, that's different than a boss. And yeah. if you appoint a manager who can be unappointed, 
That's also okay, I think. Well, yeah, exactly. But like someone who has full control over your every decision, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. I don't think that's conducive for work environment. Nope. I think the idea of someone always watching you is very stressful, um, especially when they control your wage and whether you're allowed to go to ho- go, go on a holiday or whether you're allowed to be sick. Like, Yeah, the idea that you could just have your, your time off request denied. Yeah. Like, no, this was a, a time off notification. I will not be here. Yeah. Like, I'm quite fond of my boss as a person, but at the same time, there's a certain level of distance that you have knowing that someone can make you poor immediately by sending you on your way. Like, no matter yeah. how much I like her, and I do, she's great, but... And maybe she's, maybe it wasn't even her decision. Right. Maybe the boss above decides that, oh, we have three people on staff and we only need two people on staff, so fire this one. She's still the one who pulls the trigger and fires you. Right, right. Like, when I got fired from the Labour Party, when the layoffs were happening, like, my, mm-hmm. my, my immediate boss said... You know, I really wish I didn't have to do this. And it's been a pleasure working with you on a personal level. And I'm like, and I was sort of touched. But at the same time, it's like, you're still like, for the first time I was getting paid a normal amount of money and now I'm getting paid nothing. And it's very hard for me to take that and not feel a bit of a disconnect between the person who was friendly with me and who did express basically a wish to be my friend and the person who just took my source of income away from me. And I think that amount of power, the power we give bosses is just a recipe for stuff like burnout. Like it's a recipe because not only are you not in control, but the threat hangs over you of being put out Mm -hmm. on the street and not being able to afford food because we've tied so much the value of the workplace. If this was like Star Trek and like, you know, your workplace wasn't the thing that feeds you and pays for you, it's just something you go to because you want to do it and better yourself, fine. But we have all this writing on that like, you need to work to live, to eat, to sleep. That's a lot. To have health insurance in the US. Well, exactly. It's like, if this one person above you has absolute power to destroy your life, that is not healthy. That's not a healthy relationship. Um, and I know I'm, like, obviously, anyone who's, like, as far left as we are probably already, like, will already heard about all this stuff. But it took so long to hear, like, I, I I never heard an opinion like this. Like, you know, when I was hearing about, like, you know, socialism and Marxism and all that stuff, like, it was genuinely a surprise, like, and it was a revelation, the idea that, like, maybe um, workers should control their own workplace. I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> what does democracy really mean if everyone exists in their own tiny petty dictatorships every day that they go to work? Exactly. Like how how free are you really if you, if most of your life is dictated, I shouldn't say most, I guess, like well, I mean, at this point for some people Pretty much. probably most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I was counting the time that you spend asleep, you know. Oh. Um <laughs> your waking life for most of it, definitely. Most of your waking life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um it, yeah, it, someone just controls your behavior and controls what you wear, and they can tell you that, uh, like, there are places, you know, like, in, in the United States, like, um, medical marijuana is becoming legal, and, like, cannabis is just being legalized more generally, recreationally, but a lot of places will still drug test you for a job, and they can legally disbar, like, just prevent you from working, even if it's not a super physical job. Like, I could understand something, like, you know, maybe... Air, you're driving an airplane. Maybe they'd want to make sure that you're not smoking at all. 
um, like not consuming cannabis at all for any reason, whatever. I could pers- I could perhaps see that, but like for getting a job at the corner store and like having to submit to a drug test and and like in a place where recreational or medical marijuana is legal, like you can't get a job because of that. Like why why is that still allowed? Or even it, it even extends as far as other types of conduct. Like they could also say if you smoke cigarettes we don't want to hire you or if we find out you're smoking cigarettes we'll fire you because that's just like a conduct thing for each individual job or, but like yeah or in place, that's certain every places job. Where have protections for being trans or being gay or you know yeah being a traveler or like all of these things like and a lot of these places like they don't, the, the legal protections are going away because the current governments are have this idea that like if you don't have the freedom to discriminate you you know it's going to be bad for business but I also think that even in the UK, like I've been hearing about this a bit because of the downfall of Twitter and Elon Musk. Like I've heard that for people in the UK, you have to provide like a specific reason for the layoff or, or like you have to I mean, provide a certain amount of notice and stuff. Like it seems yeah, like you I'm, all have better worker protections. Well, well, that's very, that's not hard compared to the US to be honest. It's not, it's not but, a high bar. <laughs> but compared to the rest of Europe, we're quite far behind. Um, yeah. I, I will say you do have to give a reason. You can't say you fired someone because they're gay, but you can come up with a reason yeah. that isn't the reason you're I mean, firing. I the same here. Exactly. Yeah. So like, as long as it's not officially because of that, and you could take someone to court if you think that you can prove that it was because of that. Like if you have like some comments on file or But whatever. it is so hard to prove. Yeah. 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 And I'm just, I, I imagine it's easier than in the US, but you know, they have to give a reason. There's lots of reasons you could make for firing someone. And I'm just saying, and, and I, know, I know that I, my view is on this a little bit because the main protections for being employed come after several years working at a job. And these days, very Ugh. few people get more than like a year at a job at a time. Like I've never had a- Same here. Yeah, the only job that I had for more than a year was my PhD. And that comes with no protections or whatever. And it's people sometimes don't think it's a job. Like other jobs have been known for a year, for a year, for a year. Even a lot of lecturers that I know have like year contracts that get renewed again so that they're not on a multi-year contract, they're not on a permanent contract, because then they'd have to give them too many work protections. And so when you've been working somewhere for five years, you need a very good reason to fire them. When you've been working for someone for a year, you can probably say, oh, well, the work wasn't good enough. Like, yeah. it's, it's... They didn't fit with the culture or whatever, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. So it's a very difficult one when... Which actually gets said about black people often. Oh, yeah. Like, they didn't fit the culture. Well, exactly. And it's so precarious. Like, when you're on these precarious contracts, you basically have no protections at all. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, maybe that made sense when you had careers that lasted for, like, all your life, but that's just not how it works anymore. And I know when I was applying for jobs initially in Nottingham, um, I was, like, quite visibly trans, and I applied for one job, and they said, well, and they made me do, like, this test, beforehand and I said well you got like 100% in all the tests you'd obviously be really good at the job but we just don't think you'd be a good fit I'm like oh mm-hmm. and like if I had a, if I had a lawyer and I had money I could have challenged that because that's obviously ridiculous but like yeah. there's it's it, it, I, like, I like a lot of these things it's only really possible to get that level of equality, that level of pushback, if you have the money to pursue it, 
if you don't need to worry about paying your bills and paying your food, if you can afford to take three months out of your life to fight a legal battle, which most people just don't. And this mm-hmm. it goes for all of these things in like society, like a lot of these things, like a lot of these like liberal society will have like reforms that will make like oh you can't do this to someone, you can't just have them on the street like this. But people don't know that they don't advertise it um, to to be able to like get your money back or to get your house back. You'd need to know what you're doing to have access to lawyers to have. You know, this is why stuff like renters' unions are so important, like tenants' unions. This is why, like, unions in general are important, because it, you... People rely on you not knowing your rights. And you shouldn't need to know everything about every job you go into. But yeah. you... If you can... You can... There are sometimes organisations that you can rely on. But, you know, there's a good chance you won't have heard of them. Or you won't know where to go. And that's by design. And it's kind of shit. Honestly, I mean, I think the most shit thing about it is that it's it, those are all civil matters. Like if I am if I'm working at a place and I like I work at a food place and I eat some of the food without paying for it, they can not only fire me, but they could have me arrested for stealing. Whereas if my job like if my boss shorts my paycheck and is like refusing to type in my overtime hours, which is illegal to do, I have to sue and and usually you have to start a class action lawsuit where you can prove that it's happened to a bunch of people across the company and then no one goes to jail like so it, you know just like uh, starving's not a not a crime but stealing is you know yeah a lot of well a lot of capitalist society is a lot of us learn at a certain point a lot of it's every lot of stuff is legal for the rich and illegal for the poor and that's just like true across, well, that too, yeah. across this stuff like a lot of this stuff, like the even Anything if you do the fine. most the gross, yeah, even if you do the most gross violations and you get a fine for it, well, what are you going to do if you're a millionaire? You can pay that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you're poor, you might go to jail over that because you can't afford the debt. Right. Like when I got debtors' um, prisons, I got a fine because um, my um, Oyster card didn't work once in London, and I thought I had, and like uh, I would cry and I called out because I couldn't pay the fine. You know, like if you, if someone rich does that, it's worth nothing. But for someone who has no money, it's like a big fucking deal. And yeah, this just adds up, and it adds to the stress level, and it all builds up. And you know, you're living in a you're living in a place where there's no space for you even to think. Cause there's always something else on your mind, always something else taking it up. It's a pain in the fucking ass. Uh, yep. Can I have? I'll, I want. I, I want a dab, a dab of socialism, please. I just want, just want a little, a little taste. A little, a little, t- a little a tiny little bit. Taste. Just a little, a little taste. I'm tired. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of these systems. I'm tired of this. <sighs> I'm tired of these goddamn people. <laughs> I'm tired of these people on this motherfucking turf island. These snakes Ugh. on this plane uh, of my life. Um, it didn't take us long to take up the cry over here. <laughs> yeah, like the GC thing. I, I, I will say though, I feel like America's got like the sort of the shield of it having had a conversation about white feminism before. I feel like the UK's really suffering from not having had that because all of our fucking quote unquote big feminist thinkers of the last like fifty years until very recently have been like very wealthy white women who can't who are quite bigoted 
and they've sort of got they're like second wave feminists yeah, yeah for sure yeah 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 and I think like a lot of the like, people can see like the younger generations are on our side and a lot of the older generations are very confused about that very very confused like people like Julie Bindle who's like trying to position herself as like the champion of lesbian rights now like when section 28 was happening she was pro like she's always been anti-gay and I don't know why she's acting mm-hmm. like she's not like she's like like having a lot of these I mean Biden did the same shit yeah yeah I mean both Biden was I, I mean, I hate, I hate, I'm almost going to sound like a Biden apologist because of this, but because he was the author of the crime bill, um, I thought he'd be much worse. And I, he's obviously been shit. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But like, you know, I mean, don't call me an apologist for like electoralism or anything. I'm just surprised he's not a, a, as much of a dickhead as he could be. Um, which is a- he's got a really good image of empathy. Like he's got a really good image of being like a down to earth kind of guy. But you know, there's still funneling even more money into policing and we had yet another brutal video of a black man being lynched recently so you know it's not a good time no no i I guess there's a certain amount that like you know you wouldn't get to the position of u.s president if you weren't an asshole but like yeah (laughs) i mean the bar is the lowest it's ever been for u.s presidents given the amount of like murders and genocides and stuff so i don't i mean and i come from the big empire country so you know take that from me um (laughs) yeah but focus on small governments like run for your local city council or support a leftist candidate i just want to see more leftist candidates just like on the ballot yeah because they can't accuse Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of being a radical if there's an actual radical up there saying expropriate all landlords' property. Yeah, yeah. We want like let's drag the Overton window yeah. to the let's left. Let's make her look like a liberal. I mean, more than other thank people you. Think she yeah, does. yeah. Let's make the yeah more than she already let's is. Let's make the Fox News people think she's a liberal. Like, let's do that. Let's go. <laughs> like, like, oh, you thought that you thought that Bernie was radical, bitch. You have not seen anything yet. Yeah, please. I mean, the half these people are like, oh, Corbyn's like Stalin. He's gonna take over the world. It's like, bitch, you wish. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All it's these- just hard. Like, are you as a trans person? Are you gonna run for local office and then and then like your address is public? <laughs> well, this is it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've been told before by friends that I should run for a political office, and I'm like, I don't think as a trans person I would get in in the UK. I just like I. It's not that I wouldn't get in. I'm worried about getting assassinated. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like I, I, I think that I would lose and get assassinated. See, there we go. Worst of both worlds. No, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, no. It's 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 a big target to be put on your back. You've got to be very selfless person at that point as a trans person to be in the public eye. That especially yeah. in the US when like you know, I, the, I keep saying I say this over and over again, but it is true. Like as bad as it gets in the UK. I'm not scared about being murdered in the street with a gun. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there are other ways. Yep. But, you know, it's, it's they've got to try a bit harder. And, I mean, that's worth something, at least. Um, yeah. I mean, the UK won't be a country for much longer anyway. So... Fingers crossed. Inshallah. Um, well, you know, you know, Inshallah. You know, fucking Scotland. Scotland, uh, they can break up over trans rights. I moved to Scotland because my mum's Scottish. Become, you know, like, I'll get my EU passport. Um, Northern Ireland, part of Ireland again, probably at this point, because, you know, the, that situation's not going to work out well if you put a hard border there, which is what they want to do again. Uh, sorry, Wales, you might be stuck with us. Um, but mm. we, we hope not. I mean, for all we know, we'll come calling on our hands and knees back to the EU when we'll have to apologise, big kicking, screaming. But to be honest, the EU has its own problems. Like, that's a whole other conversation. That's not going too well either. <laughs> 
it's not going well like anywhere. I mean, I don't really follow the politics in non-English speaking countries, if I'm being honest. Mm. But I just, I would bet, I would bet money that it's also not going great uh, there uh, either. I'll give you some spoilers. It's bad. It's bad. Like I've heard good things about New Zealand. Every once in a while, I hear good things about New Zealand. But that's, uh, yeah, you know. but Jacinda Ardern just stepped down, so I don't know who's going to take her place. I saw the party girl is no longer in charge. <laughs> Yeah, and the, I liked her a the lot. national party's in the lead over there. I mean, I hope they won't get in, but it's looking like they might. So we'll see. Whoever mm. takes over her might be able to convince them, but I'm not convinced because, you know, a lot of... And trans healthcare isn't great there either. It's 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 public healthcare, and they do the same thing where they just, even if you score really high on the, like, I need this surgery for these reasons, like, scoring list of how, how bad your dysphoria is or whatever, like, they, you know... Cops hate Mo. I don't know if you know them, but they they've been raising money for surgery privately because publicly it's they were just like we've actually just decided to take you off the wait list because so they can't get it publicly at all. Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, there's a lot. Um, I feel like anything like like Jacinda Ardern, obviously, like she seemed she seemed like very very affable for a politician but that doesn't mean that like obviously like i think that new zealand under her was like a paradise or anything like i'm a right i'm a, I'm a social i'm I just a socialist. like covid like, it was better yeah yeah well it was a lot better for that i mean you can say a lot about her i mean that she did save a lot of lives objectively through that um mm -hmm. and not that that means that it was perfect obviously like i would prefer not to live in capitalism at all um, but, you know, it is sad to see someone who genuinely did try and save as many lives as possible in New Zealand. I mean, you can argue for a lot of things that she might have done better, but one of the best COVID responses on the planet. So, especially in the capitalist countries. I mean, Cuba had one of the best ones as well, but people don't talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... These island nations, they can really enforce their borders in a totally different way. You would say that, but the UK handled it fucking horrifically, so... <laughs> Yeah, they just chose not to. I'm just saying, if you did choose to, it's easier to do. <laughs> if we wanted it's, you to know, do like, it, we could have done if it. If my if my city decides that my city wants to be really good about COVID regulations, you know, you know, it doesn't really matter. No, that's true. That much. That's true. Beyond the geographical location. Yeah, but no. So, like, a spoiler of what's happening. Just no. Well, while we're on the subject, uh, Germany, they're yeah. digging up a bunch of coal, brown coal, which they won't be able to burn for like another few decades. Fucking stupid. Very dumb. They're tearing mm. down a lot of like rare and rare like woodland and stuff for that um people's houses and stuff people being paid to leave it's super dumb um the green party's in coalition there so you know the german greens not very green um i think a lot of this is sort of showing people that they have to do more than vote for the green party because it's not gonna it's not doing well, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how things move. Um, the EU as a whole, on the brink of a crisis, as it has been since the whole Russia Russia invasion kicked off. Um, yeah. Most of it's stabilising now, but uh, you know Croatia's close to my heart because my partner's from there, and uh, they've just adopted the euro, which was a terrible decision. Um, <laughs> people who are in charge of a country, I know you won't be listening, but. Do not give away your ability to print your own money to solve your financial situations. Um, that is a stupid idea. Anyway, any last words on burnout? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that the most important thing that we can do for burnout, like, like I was saying, the self-care platitudes don't, they just don't work. The one thing that you do need to do is be around people who are good for you to be around 
And that's going to serve two purposes. That's going to be a big chemicals in your brain thing that you need. Like you need physical contact. You need comfort. Like you need to be able to talk about your problems. Uh, you need mutually supportive relationships where your friend talks about their breakup and you talk about your job or whatever, and you mutually support each other and you give each other that space. Um, the other reason why you want to establish more community, like strong community support is because if fascism happens, it's gonna be maybe a little bit more difficult uh, for you to get dragged out of your home by your ankles if your neighbor who you joined the gun club with is uh, there to be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing to my neighbor, my dude? So um, it sucks that these are the considerations that we have to make, but yeah, you should try to spend time with someone you love or find someone you love if you don't have anyone currently because that is the only way that we're going to survive any of this. <laughs> and that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, yeah. I, I I worry that I've come across quite cynical this time, so I'm glad that you brought that up, even if it would have like a, you know, it's a positive message with a warning. And I think that's the best we can do in this situation. <laughs> well, I just don't want people to feel like, I mean, yes, things are bad. Like objectively, things are bad and they're going to get worse. And I don't want to sugarcoat that. But I also don't want people to feel like, oh, well, I'm just going to kill myself then. Because there are things that you can do to make your immediate life materially better. And one of those things is to have a support network because human beings are not meant to be alone all the time. Like we're not meant to be uh, isolated. At all, so, really. Yeah. And actually like if we are, if we, if we are still on this, on this boat for a couple of seconds, half of this stuff, I feel like we are social animals and we sort of come into this Especially even in the big cities where there's so many of us close enough together, you can be in like a city of six million people and be more alone than you've ever been in your life. Um, it's absolutely yep. possible. Um, you know, we're not supposed to be by ourselves and you will feel that if you're on your own. Even just one other person around can help out. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, like one of these things that I re really does get to me sometimes, especially when I am feeling especially burned out, is not being able to see your friends easily because you don't have the money or because they're not nearby or something like that. And I think we've really mm -hmm. gone to a point where like the current system has really stopped us from having a sense of community and discouraged us from forming communities with those around us. And I think especially those of us who are like me and do hesitate to be out doing social things sometimes, we do need to make an effort just for our mental health to do that. And I think forming community, especially if you can form a community, if you have a stable life, if you can make yourself some a stable thing with a community, it will help you so much with any stress out situation. Just to have people there who are consistent, who can support you, who you enjoy being around, and who, when you've had a shit day, will be there to like give you a hug or have a drink with or something like that. It helps more than you. The more, the longer you haven't done it for, the more when it happens, the more you remember how much you love it, and that's because we need people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, we'll 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 sign out now. Well, it's an hour and a half. This might even be a two-parter. I'm just like COVID sucks, so COVID is kind of a yeah, problem no, if, you still, a, if you still if you still care about try, that. Try but... not to spread a deadly plague. Um, yeah, wear a mask. Kids. Yeah. If you have COVID, don't go into public places. Um, anyway, um, I I am um, here. I I run a YouTube channel called Bridget Empire. You can check out. Also, I make this podcast for you. I do the editing and stuff, and also pay the hosting fees. Um, so if you want to yeah. help support the podcast, you can go to patreoncom slash -E -E -E, and you can support people, support me, like um, 
people like Joey Cobalt, Scarjan, Charles TMS, MTMS, and uh, Naradia do, and um, other people, friends of the show, who are supporting the past, who I love. And also, if you want to support uh, my co-host, patreon.com slash Alexander is the place to go. Also, uh, streams on YouTube? Yes. Good. Yes. Watch. They're good. Do you want to say something else? I mean, just Tuesdays, don't let Thursdays, me do your and Sundays. For you, so you might want to say something else. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm Alexander. If you want to hang out uh, and converse, uh, I do streams on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central U.S. time. And then on Sundays, we do 12 p.m. Central because I, I know that there's like a six-hour difference between me and you. And uh, if if anyone who lives in the Britannia wants to hang out, then Sunday is the day to do that. So come hang out and subscribe to the channel and go to my Patreon because winter is a rough time to be a content creator. <laughs> winter is coming and oh boy, those fuel bills are coming with it. <laughs> yep. You gotta keep it. Everybody's tightening their belts because they just did Christmas and taxes are coming up soon. You know, I do feel bad because obviously like, I mean, spoiler alert listeners, if you are in the future and things have all gotten better, uh, things are quite rough for a lot of people right now. So when I'm asking for Patreon stuff, it is not, without some knowledge that I know it's going to be hard for people to do it. If you can't pay, don't feel guilty. This podcast will always be free. Um, both of us are free yep. content on YouTube as well, if you want to hear more of our voices. It, but like at the same time, it would help a great deal um, because we also need money. But also we understand. And, you know, as a leftist, I can't really be like, you know, you should pay me. Like, fuck off. Like, if you don't like me, don't pay me. Yeah, be responsible. <laughs> be responsible with your money. Don't give money to me, an asshole on the internet, if you are having trouble affording food. Okay, be smart. Exactly. Although, if you are listening and you are like Elon Musk, and I don't know why, why, why you would be listening. Cry? Do you want to just drop me $3,000 right now? That would right, be cool. I, I could use that. <laughs> like, if, you, if, if for real you have a lot of money... I, Give it to me. Like, I feel like I could, I could I use it. I think I would still have part of that $3,000 at the end of the year. Like, yeah, see, no, see, I would. that would make 12 months of difference. This is what I'm saying, but like, I, I, I need to pay off a lunch of debts. A lunch of debts? Oh, yeah, A bunch true. of debts. Not a lunch of debts. A lunch worth of debts would be a lot less debt than I have. So if you are Elon Musk or a similar level of celebrity, please go on my, my coffee and donate me uh, 15,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Please and thank you. Coffee.com slash Bridget Empire. Oh no. If you wanna pay me if you wanna pay me twenty thousand dollars a month, I will stop making political content for Please. This is I was actually thinking about this a while ago. I was like, how much would you have to pay me to stop? I'm like <laughs> Yeah, if you yeah. if you hate me and want me to shut the fuck up, if you pay me like a million pounds, um, I will never make a podcast or YouTube again. There you there go. We go. That's the price. <laughs> Offers out That's there. the price for my silence. Maybe it'll raise inflation, Sebastian. So you're not gonna pay it now before it goes up. Someone's got, got to take it. All right. I probably would. We're we're being ridiculous now. No, I know. I'm just delaying going now. So. <laughs> 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 All right. See you later, everyone. Have a have a happy 2023. Um, I hope you can afford your bills. Um, enjoy fun time with your friends. We'll see you in a couple of months. We'll see you in a couple of months. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I made the sound like, actually, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> we will see you before a couple of months. God damn it. Why did I agree? This is the worst. No. I don't... Goodbye. <laughs>